Welcome to the Women Shifting Gears podcast driven by Hemmings. I'm your host, Amanda Busick. Our podcast aims to introduce you to the inspirational women who showcase their talents and leaderships across the automotive and motorsports worlds. And even when I have my own moments of doubt and uncertainty, it is with this community of women that I'm reminded of what is possible. Thank you all for sharing in this space of authenticity with us. Here we go. With her 1965 Ford Mustang convertible, Daffy Norse was the winner of this year's Women Shifting Gears Judging at the Amelia Island Concours. And while Daphne's award-winning car might speak for itself, it's her passion and exuberance for Mustangs and car culture that you'll take from our interview on the Women Shifting Gears podcast driven by Hemmings. Well, we've all heard of Mustang, Sally. Now let us introduce you to Mustang Daphne Norris. Welcome to the Women Shifting Gears podcast driven by Hemmings. Today we are joined with Daphne Norris. She is the Team Shelby North Florida director. And welcome to the podcast, Daphne. I know it's been uh, some exciting moments for you this year, but I want to go back to the very beginning. You are a certified car enthusiast. Where did it start for you? My dad. Dad, all he would do would tell me stories of what he did with his cars and the fun he had. And I was a daddy's girl. So obviously, you know, that was the next step was to get me into cars. So my first car I got when I was 15, me and my father spent the whole summer looking for the perfect Mustang, because it had to be a Mustang. We wanted something that wasn't fully restored. And something that, you know, wasn't a rust bucket, something that I could drive and we could fix as we went. And when you go back to those early days uh, with your father, do you remember like your first interaction with a car or when you were kind of spellbound by it? Probably when I was um, a teenager, my dad would always reminisce on, you know, when he picked up his car and him and his buddies would go out joyriding. My dad grew up in Norwalk, Ohio, which is where Summit uh, Drag Strip is. (laughs) So he had his first Mustang He was his early 20s. It was a 66 GT that he bought brand new that he actually ordered. And he worked at Summit, which back then it was Norwalk Raceway. He would work there on the weekends and he would tell me how much fun he would have testing his car out before the drag races. Have you been to the Summit Nationals or up to Norwalk? I my dad passed away in 2000, but I have been up to um, Norwalk a couple of times to visit family and I have gone by the the track. Matter of fact, the one time I stopped, they were closed and I explained to the lady how my dad used to work here and come to find out it was the owner's daughter I was speaking to and I had no clue. She actually opened up the gift shop for me to let me go in and purchase some uh, merchandise for my kids. So I take it your dad, if he worked at a drag strip, there was probably an element of speed that he enjoyed. Did he pass on that habit to you? Just a little, maybe. (laughs) Have you ever taken your car out to the drag strip? I used to, my 65 Mustang, which I've had since 1993, I used to take it to Gainesville for Fun Ford Weekend. And then we used to have a drag strip here in Jacksonville called Jack's Raceway. And I used to take it there on the weekend sometimes too. Back to your uh, kind of the teenage years. And um, when you look at the car culture around that time, would you say that uh, other girls your age were as interested in cars? I didn't know of any back then. So, and I grew up as a tomboy. So I was always hanging out with the guys. 
so you have the Mustang, you're 16 years old. Um, where did your evolution with that car go from there? Well, I had it and me and my dad were working on it. We got it repainted. I put new tires on it. I started dating my ex-husband. We rebuilt the engine because he was into cars. And he got me for Christmas the GT grill and lower balance. And then my ex drove it to work that night and totaled it. Ah, So the only thing left to do on that car was the interior. And it would have been a restored car. So I'm assuming you acquired a new baby. I did. That's when I got my convertible. I purchased it. This is a funny story at a Corvette dealership. (laughs) No way. Okay. Somebody traded it in on a Corvette. And so I used my insurance money to buy that. And then we started working on it. And then I had babies. So the car got parked for about 15 to 18 years. And then finally I was like, okay, it's time for me to put this car back on the road. So in 2013, I went out to the garage and started tearing it apart to get it ready to go to paint and body. And when you say that tearing apart, do you, any anxiety around working around a car or do you just throw yourself into it? I just throw myself into it. And if I couldn't figure out anything, YouTube. That's awesome. (laughs) So when you decided after kids, you know, I, I, I realized that, uh, kind of, uh, time can be absorbed, uh, into raising little ones. Uh, when you got back into kind of the, the car culture, what were kind of those first steps of being part of that kind of lifestyle again? Just get myself out there going to cruise in some car shows from time to time, just baby steps. Cause the kids were still teenagers. So I still had to you know, work around their schedules and make sure they're taken care of first, but slowly gotten into it. And then I was, I've always been obsessed with Mustangs and Shelbys and I wanted to meet Carol Shelby. So I met people that knew him. (laughs) And next thing you know, I'm in the Shelby world, even though I don't have a Shelby and just hanging out and getting to know people and going to these great places and meeting new, exciting people. I think it's, you know, kind of tiptoeing back into that. If if someone was looking to add kind of that network into their life or those kind of events, where would you recommend starting? Just going to cruise-ins because they're, they're low-key, easy, you know. It's come when you want to come, go when you want to go. And you can meet new people and look to see what kind of cars you like, what you don't like, and you can ask questions. Because usually at cruise-ins, people are more than willing to talk to you about their cars. Do you have a favorite you've attended before? Probably um, the Shelby Bash, which they do out in Vegas every year. It's Shelby's big event. And now that you are the Team Shelby North Florida director, tell us a little bit about how did that position come to? Well, they have regional directors and then they have state directors. But because Florida obviously is a very large state, They broke it up into three and they were asking around and all the guys I know in the area, they were like, no, give it to Daphne, give it to Daphne because I'm more active than them. And so everybody just kind of volunteered me, I guess. What do some of those responsibilities include in that role? Um, I go to car shows when I find people with Shelby's that I haven't met. I introduce myself. I tell them about Team Shelby. We have a small group here in town that, you know, I I try to plan events. We go on cruises. We try to go out of town for an afternoon. We like to try new restaurants, mom and pop places. I'll organize if we're going to go to a car show. I'll organize all the details. 
just getting the word out, talking to people, letting them know about it. You don't have to have a Shelby to join. It's just about the love of the car and the the things you can do. When you guys are on these events, how many cars would you say are attending? In some of these kind of like drive-ins or cruises that you guys do, how many cars in, in your in your territory? Well, for instance, our cars and coffee, which is once a month, they can have anywhere from a thousand to fifteen hundred cars on a Saturday morning. Some of the local cruisins, one of the ones I go to, they can have anywhere from two to four hundred cars on a Saturday night. It just depends on which car show you go to, how many people come out for it. I just find it fascinating that you have this collection of cars that maybe show up into a place that you haven't been before and just the reaction that could happen from other public that could be around or business owners. What kind of reactions do you guys get when you have these events? Usually the businesses love it because if you're in a parking lot of a strip mall or whatever, obviously we're all going to need drinks or go to the bathroom or a snack. So people are spending money in their businesses. So they like that. Some of the businesses will do a cruise in just to get people to come in. When you look at the culture of this collection of individuals that you get to interact with regularly, what do you feel like is at the core of the group? It's just the love of cars. Yeah. I mean, if you're a Ford or a Chevy, you just respect what they do to their cars. You may not like that car, but you can respect what they do to their car, what they've added to the car or put their personal touch on because we all, it's just the love of the car. It's not a particular brand. It's just what we do. We've talked about on this podcast, just kind of this resurgence that seems to be happening around motorsports and around automotive. At these events, are you seeing a younger generation starting to get involved? Yes. And you know, the younger generation obviously can't afford the hot rods from the 60s and 70s. So they're coming in with the Nissans and the Toyotas, and they're putting their personal spin on it. And that's what it's all about. It's about, you know, you enjoying your car and making your car your unique stamp on it. I want to go back to Amelia Island. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a very fun uh, year for you down at Amelia. How did you hear about the Women Shifting Gears Award for a women-focused entry? Well, that particular car show, you have to actually put an application in, and they pick and choose. They say they have a couple thousand people enter for that show, and this year, I believe it was 250 cars they accepted. So I was actually kind of shocked that my car got in. And then the gentleman that approved for me to come in had sent me a message. Would you like to be considered for this? Because I'd never heard of it before. And I was like, sure. I was like, there's no way I have a chance, but sure. Why not? Tell us about the car. Describe it to us. It's a 1965 Mustang convertible. Like I said, I've had it since 93. Um, I did a full restoration It has the original uh, 289. It is a four-barrel car. It's an automatic, and it's just my baby. It is a dark metallic gray that at night it looks kind of black, but it has a lot of metallic flake in it. So when the sun hits it, it just glitters like a diamond. I love watching your face as you're describing (laughs) it. I know our audience can't see it, but I get the joy of being able to watch you. It it almost seems your connection to the car is almost personified. Do you name your cars? I just call them my babies. What do you love about this one particularly? I feel like I'm 15 or 16 again because (laughs) when I, because it's different from a modern car, it has a totally different feel. 
And it's like going back in time and I just feel young again and it's fun. It may not be that fast, but it's just, it's a different feeling. There's nothing like an antique car or an old car to drive. For those that haven't been to the Amelia Island Concours, what can you tell us about the event? It is a beautiful and wonderful event. Um, They park the cars on the greens at the Ritz Carlton and it's just, it's a beautiful, nice day. All right. So in this year's Amelia Island Concours, when did you find out that you were the winner of that special award? At the very last minute. They told us to stay by our cars after they came by and talked to us and judged us. And I was just sitting there and my friends saw them approach me from behind. And I was just completely shocked. And I was just, I couldn't believe it. And they're like, oh, you need to come up the stage. I was like, okay. <laughs> Talk about the women's influence when you go to these car shows or concours. Um, I know it's a budding and growing network. What's it like for you? Um, I think it's great that women are getting into this. Um, it's not just a man's sport. And if everybody gives us a chance, you know, we can do anything the guys can. What are your plans for this year? Right now, um, I'm thinking about going to Carlisle, Pennsylvania next month for the Ford Nationals. I will go to Vegas for the Shelby Bash in September. I'm going to try to maybe go to Texas. There's another event in Texas that I like to go to. So right now, those are the three bigger ones. I was just down in West Palm Beach, Florida, a couple weeks ago for Barrett-Jackson. That's always a good time. And then I was just up actually in Tennessee last weekend. A group of us went up to the Tail of the Dragon to drive our cars up there for the weekend. When you were 15 years old, scoping out your Mustang, looking for a car that you were going to have, could you have imagined that an automobile or the automobile world would have this much influence on your life? Had no clue. I just wanted a cool car to drive in high school. I never would have thought it would have stuck with me this long. And what do you feel that this lifestyle has given you? I have been a lot of interesting places and met a lot of interesting people. Things just keep opening up and I hear about different events or different people. And so I've learned so much from so many people across the United States. It's so great that I have friends all over the United States. Have you got your kids into this habit as well? Unfortunately, my (laughs) youngest son is 24. He has three Mustangs. And then my oldest son has one. Well, Daphne, we appreciate you being on the Women Shifting Gears podcast driven by Hemmings. We have a part of this segment called uh, the Hot Lap. So we're going to kick things off. And I believe we're probably going to have a lot of the answers that uh, I know you might say. So if you're going on a road trip, where are you headed? California or Texas. Okay. If you're on this road trip, what are you driving? My Shelby. And if you, is there a dream car out there? Like, let's say that, uh, I know you're, I know you're taking your Shelby, but let's say you had the chance to drive one car, any car in the world. What we, what would you take on that road trip? Ford GT. Okay. So we're in a Ford GT. We're headed West. What's on the radio? Probably eighties hairband music. Any specific bands? I like Motley Crue, Aerosmith, Bon Jovi. And then, uh, so we're headed West in a Ford GT, uh, with eighties hairbands. Who's in the right seat if you're driving? Nobody. Okay, on your own. I'm going on my own. Okay, what's your favorite road snacks? Cheez-Its and (laughs) M&M's. I mean, I kind of want to join on this road trip with you. Would you pick me up? (laughs) I would. 
<laughs> All right, Daphne. Well, thank you for joining us here on the Women Shifted Gears podcast, uh, driven by Hemmings. One lasting question that I want to say to you and, and ask you when you look back on uh, the life you've shared in car culture and around this Mustang, what would you write as the title of the book of your life? My Road Trip. Fantastic. Daphne Norris on the Women's Shifty Gears podcast, driven by Hemmings. Thank you. This Women's Shifting Gears podcast, driven by Hemmings, is a production of GS Events.